Flax and welcome to a new episode of Entrepreneurs Playing Games Podcast Edition. About every two weeks, I host a live video stream where I deep dive into startup founders' journey after playing video games with my guests. So here's the audio version of our discussion. If you are interested in the full video, be sure to check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash and be sure to follow the channel. And for any questions, suggestions, or just to say hi, you can find me on Twitter at AmandinFlax or at EntrepreneursPG. In this week's episode, I have the pleasure to be joined by Lotana and Tommy, the co-founders of Expo. I've seen the website and the description, the fact that it's a a payment app for influencers, but please tell us more. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, So Expo essentially uh, can be described as a marketplace um, for small businesses in the UK to directly uh, book influencers for their social media campaigns. Um, How we actually thought about it is that I used to be like an athlete, so I used to run for my university and nationally as well. And I thought to myself, oh yeah, let me just show my you know experience through Instagram at the time. This is like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then loads of brands started messaging me saying, oh, can you promote this? Can you promote that? Um, back in the day, I sound old. <laughs> but back in the day, back in my time, um, they didn't pay you. It was more like they'll give you free clothing and stuff like that. Yeah. After a while, it got really annoying um, because it was hard for me to basically uh, differentiate business from social because mm-hmm. a lot of people used to DM me and then my friends would DM me and I couldn't like um, funnel business away from my social. Then I remember one day uh, Tommy actually came to, to my uni room. Uh, we'll discuss mm-hmm. like another business, and then I must have asked him, "Oh, did, does he have any experiences with influencers? Because he runs like a successful uh, events I do business." Events, yeah. Okay. Uh, my background is more events, and was uh, I used to pay certain influencers to promote content, as in promote my upcoming flyer mm-hmm. that I felt that their demographic or their following were the type of people that I want at one of my events. So, um, obviously, I was going through the normal procedure of DM slash email me for promo, which most, at this time, most influencers had in their bios on mm. Instagram. And, um, obviously, which is understandable, if you have, let's say, over 10,000 followers to 100,000 followers, your DMs and emails are crazy anyway, so it's like people just messaging you about anything, people coming in about posts, but sending it in DMs, and you have to sift through that, and business, which is understandable and fair. But um, what I found was obviously I was getting late responses. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the responses wouldn't be how like it wouldn't it wasn't continuous conversations and yes. stuff like that. So yeah. um, especially with, with events, you have a specific deadline exactly, and you can't release twenty. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, that was one issue I was facing. So obviously, um, I can like I said, I can imagine the problems that the influencer was going through. But at the same time, I've got a deadline as well. Um, also, with that, most influencers were taking payments through either direct payments or uh, PayPal, but mainly direct payments. So I'm paying someone I don't know from Adam uh, mm. money into their account. They could, they could literally just block me, which is a common thing. Um, they can literally just take payment and not actually fulfill it to my criteria. Um, so it was just that whole issue of, let's say, influencer fraud, as well as um, there's no actual uh, pretense or way of managing or kind of policing inf- like influencer marketing at this time. So. Um, me and Atana literally just bump heads coming from both sides of the spectrum mm-hmm. and yeah. created Expo. We literally just thought let's just stop complaining. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Let's stop complaining yeah, and yeah. do something. Exactly that. Yeah. So that's it. Expo was born from then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a lovely story. Um, so the app right now is available on iOS. the iOS. Yes, iOS. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't tried it because, uh, well, I'm not an influencer, but also <laughs> I am an uh, Android, Android user. Yes. Okay. So I can't really even look at what it looks, looks like. like. So yeah. can you just let us know a bit more about what it looks like and also how it works for both ends, for the influencers, but also for the brands or the marketers looking yeah. to reach out to influencers? Okay, I'll speak about the influencer side. Yeah, yeah. Right. So okay. in terms of the influencer, um, the way you sign up have made it very unique. Um, there's a lot of apps out there that ask influencers for their loggings, for example. Okay. And what, what tends to happen is that Instagram can actually block people's accounts if they use too many login APIs. Because of the third party app. Really? Yeah, especially when you have a high following and they can easily get hacked as well, especially if you have a high following. Mm-hmm. Um, so and you don't want to log into anything that you don't really know. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly that. So what, what we found is a way where um, influencer puts in the handle and then we send like a verification message to them via DMs um, directly. So influencers really love that. Um, what we also found is that influencers that get requests on our platform have a way higher response rate mm-hmm. because they know it's business straight away and they know they don't have to funnel anything. So what would happen is that, let's say, I think you talk about the brand side and now. Yeah, yeah, so what would happen is as a brand, as a marketer, I'll come on expert, I'll create an account, um, come on the platform and I'm able to see as well as filter through different influencers. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got fashion, we've got YouTubers, we've got uh, all types. So when an influencer starts, starts um, signs up, sorry, they, you know, they, us know their category and stuff like that. So we're able to differentiate what influencer specifies in what area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a brand, I'll come on, have a look at these different influencers. It kind of works as a platform where you can kind of shop through different influencers, see their prices, see their stats. You, you can see their metrics, such as their um, their following, um, ratio. engagement ratio, which is very important. For sure, yeah. Um, and especially so, so that you can buy followers. Exactly, exactly. That's how we we um, intentionally implemented that because of the fact of fake followers. So with the engagement ratio, you're actually able to see a true influencers. And um, on our app, if you don't have a, a certain percentage of engagement, you actually can't sign up as an influencer. Mm. So you know that these are legit influencers on this platform anyway. Um, with that, so what you'll then do is uh, in their profile, their prices for each service they provide are already set. Mm-hmm. What we found as well is with most influencers, um, from my experience, when I DM them, they always already have their pricing list. They already know how much they're going to charge for a post okay. or for a story or for both. Um, so we've now made it easier instead of you constantly sending out a certain it's normally on a notes file like a screenshot of notes instead yeah. of you constantly sending that out um, it's now literally just there apparent on the, on the profile underneath that they have a, a bio which they can literally write the, um, anything up to uh, such as the type of um, uh, the type of uh, ads or campaigns that they accept or what they specify in and then under that is the calendar. Mm-hmm. So um, you then pick the date and time that you'd like this project to be completed and posted. Okay. So for the influencer, again, it works as a, um, it organizes your, your, your business almost. Yeah, um, yeah to have everything on the, on, the, on the emails. Exactly, or the exactly. Platforms. Exactly. Yeah. And so, what happens is that obviously after you've made your payment, so let's mm-hmm. say I'm the influencer, I right. receive the request now, I see exactly what type of ad you want so in terms of a feed post or story post. I then have the option to accept or decline. Mm-hmm. Um, once I accept, um, and only when I accept, does the brand's um, payment method gets charged. Yeah, so, so that's the at the end of what well, we can, okay. let me start there, is at the end of, um, once I send a request, so I fill out this form, send in a request, after picking the service that I wanted, um, at the end of this, you actually make a payment, but mm-hmm. it's not technically, you input your details, but you don't make the payment. 
whatever it is, and then you send the request. The influencer would then receive the request and have see like a little preview of you know what they want the project that they want done, how they want it done, the deadline of the project, and then based on that, the influencer can then accept or decline the uh, request. Um, obviously, if they accept it then that's only um, when you're debited, but you're technically not debited because um, Expo in, in a nutshell is an escrow, if you're familiar with that term. Yeah. So we literally like the minimum, we hold on to the money until the project is actually completed. Mm. So that's security for the brand. So okay. they know that um, until this is fulfilled to the standards, they're not really gonna get payment. But on the influencer side, it's they know, oh, I've got X amount waiting for me. Mm. Like once I've done this, it's done, so yeah, it's locked yeah, in. Yeah. It's locked in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's that's literally about it. So once obviously like the influencer gets the request, they can accept, um, and then they can actually message the brand through an app chat, mm-hmm. and then you know to sort of little details. For example, if I'm gonna send you a dress, I want to know your size. I can send yeah. you the right one, and any little discrepancies at all. And then once the uh, request, I've posted the content, uh, the brand or myself can mark it as complete. Mm-hmm. And then we have a call function which then sends the payment to the influencer within two to three working days. Okay. Well, that sounds really, really well packaged. Like you have everything. <laughs> and that's a great explanation on, on, of all the features. Um, just want to say hi and thank you for drawing flies for following us on Twitch. Um, and I have a, an interesting question from uh, Red, Red Sam Stark um, yeah. who asked about um, if you have any Twitch influencers. But oh, I guess yeah. it also brings a question for now, it's dedicated for dedicated to Instagram, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. are you looking at all the platforms later on? Yes, yeah, yeah. so um, we want to first, well first of all, most influencers happens on Instagram, Instagram is the greatest powerhouse for influencer marketing, um, then it's YouTube, mm-hmm. um, so we want to focus on Instagram especially because that's what I understand because I was an influencer yeah. on Instagram, mm-hmm. so it was something we have knowledge of that vertical, mm. um, I think once we have established ourselves um, both on app and on web, then we can look into the expansion to other yeah. platforms, definitely. Okay. And um, what people are using right now at the moment? If, if you're an influencer and you're, you're connected by brands, is there any process or anything that people put in place to have a, a smoother workflow on this end uh, without the app? What do people do? The, the actual method right now is literally DMs and emails. That's the only way you can actually contact an influencer yeah. right now, unless they're with an agency and you get in contact with the agency to say that you want to work with a particular influencer within that's mm. under their uh, tenure. And then, um, but with that, is it can be crazy. It can be, yeah, because now you're talking to a bigger powerhouse. And once you're now involved in the bigger powerhouse, it becomes a thing of, you know, they have to, um, they're looking at the best interest of their uh, powerhouse, so the fees will be doubled the, mm-hmm. the price um, communication is not as direct or smooth because it's yeah. like you have to talk to me before you can talk to this influencer so you're talking to business yeah business yeah yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah exactly yeah. So. And, and it's just it's, it's a really quite crappy um customer <laughs> experience really mm-hmm. user experience because it's okay cool if i go through an influencer agency uh, i actually had this experience recently because we want to actually market our app through youtube influencers because we thought they were the best to actually show you how the app worked and then I know an influencer who's quite, you know, big, um, gets about a billion views and stuff. So mm-hmm. I talked to people around him and then they said um, he normally charges like 3000 to £4,000 for uh, 
to mention a product in his videos, which okay. I thought was fine because obviously he gets a lot of views. Yeah. Mm. Then I sent an email to his agency um, and then they quoted me 25,000. <laughs> wow. And I was thinking, that's not why I heard. Yeah, but what actually thing. happens is that they take that, they probably take about 20,000 from that and then they give him the 5,000 and he probably is knowledge about that. Exactly. Wow. Because influencer marketing is, is new. It's fairly no, new. There's no, so there's no, no policing, there's no organisation. Everyone's kind of uh, freestyling. And just yeah. choosing whatever number yeah. in the air. Really, so. and I guess when you go there as an influencer, mm. you just you on your own, and, and, exactly. and yeah, they exactly. kind of position themselves saying, exactly. Oh, with us, you're going to become really big, exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That, that's literally it. Or, like, um, Tommy said, it's like you either you know DM or email them. Um, that was actually our strategy for onboarding influencers yeah. at mm-hmm. first. And what would happen is that okay, we'll DM them or email them, let's even both, and they'll, they'll end up signing up two months or a month later, later yeah because that's when they've seen, seen it. yeah exactly yeah that's just crazy you so we talk a bit about fees and and prices mm. um for the app what does this work in terms of monetization mm. do you take a, a cut like agencies or yeah. is it the subscription model or something else um, at the moment we just take a cut per transaction so um okay. it's 10 percent total but it's five percent on, on each, each side yeah um so okay. let's say an influencer charges 100 pounds for a post um, the influencer, the brand will get charged 105 and the influencer will receive the 95. So we talk about Instagram influencers mm-hmm. and Natana, you used to be an influencer. Yeah. So for you, what was the point where you realized that actually you were growing a lot and mm. you might need to either have some tool, well you mm. ended up created your own, but use yeah. something <laughs> more to manage all those people coming to you um, for other opportunities or just to go to the next step. Yeah, I think, I think, influencers back then influencers now are completely um, different so I fell into it so I, my aspiration wasn't I want to be an influencer mm. I just wanted to share my journey as a student athlete and that was about it so um, at the time my main goal wasn't you know to build my following or anything like that it was just something somewhere I can, I can express my emotions mm-hmm. that my followers will know more about me um, uh, then what just happened is my DMs started getting too full and it was very hard to organize things. So an example, a brand can message me saying they wanted to promote like a new track suit that they have. Mm. Then I post something funny on Instagram or yeah. whatever it is. And then what then happens is that all my friends will laugh laughing emojis. Mm-hmm. And then that one message has now gone right to the bottom now of, from the brand where now I can't see uh. it anymore. Or it's just very hard for me to you know go back there. And emails are very, emails are very bland. So with emails, it's just, you know, black and white text. And I'm just like, I don't really get any emotion from what the brand is. And now okay. I didn't have to do my own research and stuff like that. So then that, that's where the main issue came in for me. And I was like, oh, I need, I definitely need um, a tool. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I think back then, three years ago as well, there wasn't really influencer agencies per se. Okay. Um, especially the influencer agencies wanted like the top celebrity status people. They wanted, yeah. like, they wanted like a million followers and stuff. Um, but I think now there's more influence agencies. Um, I think in 2018, um, more than one influence agency was created every single day. Mm-hmm. Of 2018, so people already know that there's there's something in this in this space. Mm. And influencers are maybe a bit more professional also in the yes. way they are posting. Yeah. They are. Yeah. You said that you weren't necessarily looking to become an influencer. Yeah. Um, and you became one but yeah. uh, I think today there are also more and more people who want to become an influencer exactly, yeah, exactly or right. as soon as they have some a bit of traction they're yeah. like oh let's uh, let's do things seriously exactly, exactly yeah. so very early on I feel yeah definitely um, what is the um, the metric to say someone is an influencer is it 
about followers, but we mentioned that we can buy followers, so it's not mm. really the best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you really qualify an influencer? Yeah. yeah. So at the moment, we the metric we use is you have to have a following of over 10,000 uh, followers. Okay. And um, with that, you also have to have an engagement ratio of above 3%. So um, what we realize is to have the combination of the two is actually quite difficult. So those that buy followers, they might have a lot of followers, but because it's fake, the engagement is very, very low. So um, that seemed to work so far and um, it's been spot on. So that's what we're using at the moment. Okay. And um, also, do you have kind of categories of influencers? Because... Um, I guess depending of, of the engagement and the size of the community, mm. you may be 10k, but you have a um, a small community, but very tight and very active. Mm. But then some brands also want to work with smaller influencers. I feel they don't necessarily want to go for the big, big one. I feel like most brands nowadays are um, opting for that. For example, when a brand has a certain budget, mm-hmm. they feel I feel like the reach is better when they kind of spread it thinly amongst um, influencers that have almost built a community um, so if the engagement is quite high and even their followers is around 10 to 20k and they've got like 13% engagement they know that me posting or using this influencer um, my reach and um, you know your ROI will be b- b- much better and bigger due to the fact of they actually engaging so mm-hmm. they believe what this influencer is selling or promoting yeah definitely because especially if, if we look at the numbers right it's like okay if I'm a brand and I have let's say 100k to spend on influence marketing mm-hmm. would I rather spend it on one person let's say or spend it on 100 or 1000 influencers which I'm paying 100 pounds mm-hmm. each on yeah. and the thing is that as you scale as an influencer um, your communication with your audience gets worse mm-hmm. the same with the business I mean it's just the simple economics that's how things are so it's when people become bigger they don't have a niche anymore really um, Kim Kardashian what's her niche really mm. her, her engagement ratio is, is, is even appalling yeah, it's, very, it's very poor it's, yeah, yeah. it's very, very extremely low <laughs> okay, people, people really? just follow her just to follow Okay. they don't necessarily get influence only like super fans mm. would or something like that what I have looked at personally is videos and pictures on Instagram right so on videos you see the amount of views mm-hmm. if you see someone that's really um, really big like Kim Kardashian when she posts a video the disparity between the views and the average likes she gets is normally a lot because like what you've said um, people don't want to react anymore to what mm. you're doing because you're not going to respond anyways but then when it comes to smaller influencers there's not much disparity between their views and the amount of likes that they get exactly. so I think that definitely proves it and also like I said it's just economics like the bigger business gets the less communication there is within the business so that's the same thing with anything really that definitely makes sense do you feel uh, especially to me, do you feel that there is kind of a change in the mentality of, of brands and marketers and the way they are and looking to engage with influencers? Yeah, I'd say um, a lot of brands are beginning to see the importance of influencer marketing and the reach. I feel like the reach is um, growing mm-hmm. at a, a serious level where most brands now would rather invest in an influencer to promote their content just because they know the reach is there. They know, um, especially if you're selling a direct product, the ROI is much better um, if, you know, the influencer attaches the link to the actual product you're selling or like there's something directly that they can actually check to see, okay, this influencer, hence why um, we've seen a lot of influencers now have their own discount codes to certain products yeah. because it's like I can now follow that transaction and see, okay, this is how much it's pulling, um, this influence pull it, is pulling in as opposed to... Um, the brand actually trying to sell it by themselves 
me using someone that people find reputable or they can I can kind of um, take a word for it, they're more likely to have an influence hence. Mm. Yeah. yeah I, I think personally there is also a problem with influence marketing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that's not necessarily talked about a lot. And what I always see is that Instagram influencers get a lot of bad press, right? But then YouTube influencers don't. Yeah. They don't necessarily, they don't even call themselves influencers, they call themselves content creators. Content right? creators, yeah, that's correct. That's the, that's the two differences, even though they're exactly the same thing. But um, I think what happens there is because YouTube influencers actually give honest reviews on products. You know, they'll be like, oh, this this is a, this shoe is comfortable, but I don't like the colours that they have and stuff like that. Mm. It's very honest, right? And it's a video, so you can go into detail. And you can't just be like, oh, that's cool, and it's yeah. fine. And just, yeah. Exactly. Just don't say anything more, because you have to review yeah. it, really. Exactly. But then if it's on Instagram, and people do, let's say, picture posts, there's not much you can say. Mm. And people tend to be like, oh, this is the best you know, hotel I've ever been to. And the next week, oh, the best hotel I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. you can tell it's paid. Like, it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think what it is that actually influences, that when I speak to them, the ones on our platform, is that I tell it's all about being honest about the products you have. And mm-hmm. um, we definitely tell our brands not to tell influencers exactly what to say yeah. um, when they're making a the post, because the influencer knows their audience. Um, you could actually get more people buying your product by the influencer being honest and being like, oh, I like this about it, but I don't like this about mm. it. Seems more, you know, trusting, mm. more candid, and then people are more likely to make purchases, definitely. The key thing is integrating your brand to the influencers um, or how they are in terms of, for example, with videos. So when we speak to influencers ourselves, <clears throat> YouTube influencers, to promote Expo, we don't want it to be like, oh, Oh, by, by the way, this video is sponsored by... We don't want that at all mm. because that's, that's very fake and people just skip it like, yeah, just like another ad kind of thing. Um, but we want it to be actually integrated into what they're talking about. So, for example, we have an influencer soon who's going to post a video next week mm-hmm. and she's talking about um, the ups and downs of being an influencer, right? Okay. And then that's how she would integrate Expo into it and how she uses it. Mm. That way seems way more natural. Well, mm. it is more natural, definitely, and it's not seen as an ad. Definitely, sure. So I think that would definitely do much better. Say, say official says, um, or rather ask, would you say this app is the first of its kind? Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah. Yeah. I would say in the UK, definitely that's our market at the moment. Okay, um, it's definitely a first, like we have so many plans for experts. Like, Ooh, okay. that, <laughs> the app, we have to scale it down. The version you see now is a scaled down version, it's a skeleton version yeah, we have now, just you know test the waters at the moment okay. so obviously from iOS then obviously we move into Android and then we actually want to have like a web base um, for the brands because mm-hmm. um, obviously we know that bigger brands is more accessible when it's through an actual uh, website exactly. what we actually want to create is a marketplace but then build a CRM product on top of that where um, brands can actually see the whole flow of you know contacting influencers mm-hmm. analytics and everything else on top of that yeah just transparency um, yeah, but yeah and legitimacy as well within yeah. the whole influencer marketing Exactly um, that error. And you need to, to measure your uh, ROI and and yeah, exactly. all this because yeah. it's still investment. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Companies. exactly. Mm. That's, that's exactly it. And another thing you mentioned ROI as well. I speak to a lot of brands and they will tell me, oh yeah. So are you trying to tell me that this influencer will give me three times, you know, ROI? Mm-hmm. I always tell them, okay. First of all, is your product influence already? That's the first thing because it seems like what I really don't like is that everyone likes to, you know a lot of pressures, pressure on influencers right and but then when you're using Facebook ads and you're not getting any results you don't blame Facebook ads <laughs> yeah. you, look at, you look at your own product and be like oh no is it actually really good but if it's influencers 
You're like the influencer didn't try hard <laughs> enough. Or, exactly. Or for looking at someone to blame. But it's not the job. They did their part. It's exactly the same thing. So what I was told brands, for example, was that if you have an influencer posting something, that's an Instagram story, if it's something that's expensive, for example, no one has their card in their hand ready to make an account on your website and then pay, I don't know, 200 pounds or something, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what you should even do is actually just have a mailing list form where the user swipes up, it just says, you know, put in your email and first name to get 20% off or 10% off. And then you, you can then remarket to them you know, the last Friday of every month when you know it's payday type of thing. So you have that contact forever. So there's a lot of different ways to use influencer marketing. It's not just, you know, someone holding up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of coke and saying that. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Did you get initial investment? Are you looking to go for investment to mm. build the next step? Mm. Or are you right now pushing a lot on sales? What is the stage of the company and the plan for the company itself, apart from the product? Uh, for the coming months? Yeah, I would say um, we raised a pre-seed um, investment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually kind of, weren't necessarily out there looking for it mm-hmm. um, at the time. So I, I, I went to a place where you can go to practice your pitch, yeah. literally. And the, I met one investor there. And even at the same place, I met the best friend of another investor. So just ended up connecting and we're really interested. Um, at, at the moment, we're not you know looking for any investment at the moment, mm. so we're just bootstrapping it with mm-hmm. what we have at the moment. Um, but we're just literally at you know stage zero. We haven't even <laughs> all the ideas we have in our head, like we haven't even put them to fruition at all. Yeah, but it's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So at the moment, we just, we just want to focus on onboarding influencers, uh, making sure that the idea works, and um, onboarding brands as well to just basically use our platform. Mm. Our ultimate goal is obviously to become the industry standard for paying influencers um, on Instagram so it's literally just building uh, that connection and kind of letting it be known that expert is kind of here which which one is the hardest to get on board the influencers or the brands definitely the influencers definitely. really definitely. okay definitely yeah. the, the reason is is that influencers they do, they do see the value of what we bring right but the thing is that how we have to contact them is the old fashioned way okay we shall like the fact that they need your ad exactly yeah. exactly that's so it like it's kind of funny that we have to actually go the old way to, for, for us exactly. to convert them to a new way basically um, and, then, and yeah. even that conversion process is um, is something in itself because when influencers are I feel like when they probably um, receive any type of business uh, proposition they're already looking at it from a money eye as mm. opposed to an eye that, okay, where can, how can this tool be beneficial to me? So yeah. um, their responses are kind of, they're not really, some of them are not um, willing to kind of test it. It's almost like, I want to be paid to test it. Or, I see. I want yeah. to do it. So it's, um, it's just trying to build that relationship and change mm. how things are um, currently being done. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, onboarding influencers is crazy difficult. Yeah. It's crazy difficult, yeah. Being an influencer yourself, is it slightly easier to actually go to them and be like, you know, I'm an influencer it's, too and I've been through that and yeah, I have this pain point? It's actually worse. Really? Why <laughs> it's that? actually worse. That's why Tommy handles the influencers <laughs> okay. and I do the brands. Because I think it can come from an ego type of thing. If, if an, another influencer is telling you, you know, you should do this, but if it's a brand that's telling you, as an influencer, you're more in, intrigued because, okay. you know, you know, it's a business, it's a brand, they have money they can spend and stuff like that. So, and for me, maybe I'm not like a people's person. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because really it really annoys me sometimes because we, we, we email them, like, before we launched, right, we email them, 
our idea yeah. just to get some feedback and they'll email us back a price list and I'm yeah. just like I didn't that's, ask that, that's, a, that's anything. a very, very popular know, one. yes or no and a little feedback and stuff like that and stuff like that you just don't know me so I'm just like yeah, yeah Tommy you just take them <laughs> so yeah. I'll do the brands yeah do you yeah. feel like it's because they're receiving so many offers that's anywhere? The, they don't even take the time to that, see. To actually look at yeah. it, yeah. That, that's, that's literally it. Like, I spoke to an influencer a couple of days ago. She get, receives like 20 emails per day from different brands. So it gets to a point where she has her own template in her mind, where it's like, yeah. if I don't see, okay, how much you pay when you need the post buy? Look, so a lot of brands leave people like long emails and influencers cannot afford to read that. <laughs> so they'll just delete it mm. straight away, yeah. We have a question from, uh, from Chris. Who, who ask about challenges? What have been your, your main challenges so far? I'll say two things. Uh, onboarding influencers and um, another big challenge was the fact that me and Latana actually don't have any technical um, mm. background from the app scene. So we're not tech, tech guys at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're literally just two guys with an idea and we took that to the world. Yeah. Um, so all the ins and outs of understanding the app scene and the cost of things and um, running a startup kind of and building it to where it is um, I feel like that that was probably our greatest challenge in itself yeah that, that definitely reminds me because we had outsourced developer at first okay yeah I wanted to, yeah. to know about this story yeah. I've kind of <laughs> look at that yeah like, never doing that again <laughs> okay um, but yeah, we asked us, obviously we had no coding background at all, uh, but we knew what we wanted in our minds, um, just you know, written down. I think I, I haven't tweeted that I need an app developer, basically. And, you know, someone um, DM me, or loads of people DM me, um, and I liked this person's take on it because he mm-hmm. was like, oh, I like your product, but I think you can improve it in this way. And for me, I love when people can give feedback. I'm a, I'm a feedback-driven person. Um, so, you know, took him on board, you know, paid him for... Um, his job and everything and then we were meant to um, have a launch like in April this year something like that and then like a couple of days before the launch he just disappeared out of nowhere and like just left us hanging dry and then he tried to come back 12 days later acting like nothing had ever happened so really? I had to fire him for that and then um, it, was a, it was a big learning curve because I think that was a blessing in disguise <clears throat> yeah absolutely. because from that I knew okay cool for me, as the founder of this company, it's like I need to be able to know whatever's happening. Um, so in terms of, then I, I went on Udemy, taught myself mm-hmm. from Coding Swift, um, how to like probably like the bare basics. Um, so at least I know what's happening, and I know how the, you know, the back end of stuff actually works. Um, so that when we yeah, get a dev, we know what to ask. We know what to yeah, exactly. uh, what we're looking for, and mm-hmm. we can actually yeah. communicate yeah. properly. Properly, um, exactly. Luckily, it was a godsend, actually. One of my primary school friends, Koshon, um, he messaged me. No, I messaged him saying, does he only for developers? He said he knew one guy called Frank. I thought, like, okay, cool. Any more definition? Yeah. <laughs> 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 he was just like, oh, yeah, but it's spelled with a CK. I was thinking, okay. Then I just went on LinkedIn, put in Frank with CK. So someone that's a dev. Um, I messaged him. After I saw that, he actually messaged me previously um, okay. because we released like a private beta version um, in 2018 mm. um, and he was basically telling us that was crap. And I, yeah, again, I like that. I was like, oh, someone's actually being honest, right? Sure. And then within like two weeks, we onboarded up to our team and yeah, he's one of the founders yeah, of the yeah. company now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so he's, he's done an amazing job, to be honest, like building it from scratch. Yeah. Mm. Because we were going to merge his code with the other developers' code. It didn't code, go. It was but, yeah, it was too messy. It didn't go. Yeah. 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 Team. Since 2020 or two, yeah, so again, yeah, yeah, so we so need to start again. Um, yeah. Very, very late in our journey, but 
That was very costly after many costly mistakes. Exactly, so, yeah. But we got it in the end. But such a thing can actually kill a star that was such an early stage. Yeah. Especially no. when you're ready to launch. And yeah. Nothing. <laughs> exactly. I think you just need to have that drive and have that vision for um, your company. And not necessarily even as a company, but the problem we wanted to solve. Yeah. Because we can see there was an issue there, but no one was willing to solve it mm-hmm. um, using tech. Even though you had this kind of issues, yeah. you managed to launch the product, and um, well, you you did really well. You did a, a great product launch, a product hunt launch also, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's how I actually spotted you oh, through product yeah, hunt. Yeah. Um, and I really love the fact that you explained the story, yeah, and yeah, I also yeah. I have to ask, what is this about um, you not cutting your hair onto the product? <laughs> <without? laughs> literally, you know, literally, what it was, right? It was, <laughs> it's like it was like. What was it like? Every month we'll be like, yeah, we're going to launch in July. We're going to launch yeah, in August. Yeah, it was literally we kept on moving the deadline. And it was yeah. yeah, because uh, little things kept happening where it stopped us. Like, we weren't even going to launch September 4th because we were waiting for, you know, the Facebook API or Instagram API, which mm-hmm. was deprecated the first one. And it was just like a whole mess. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to get a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I literally stayed at home, literally on my computer for the whole, like, couple of months, not even doing anything. Wow. And it's like when it finally launched, I could actually finally see daylight. Yeah. <laughs> but it was motivation for me. Yeah, if everyone yeah. in London was doing that, <laughs> see so many people with very yeah, long hair yeah. yeah. everywhere because everyone is pushing back always. Exactly. You always have something happening. It's because I think because most companies are looking for perfection, right? Or, or starting. Yeah, nothing. There's no perfect time. I mean, that's no, what one no. thing we realize. There's no such thing as perfect time. You can't wait for a certain date before time or period before yeah. you actually get stuff going. You actually have to start as soon as even if it's the smallest thing whatever you can do now just do it um, yeah because the feedback you get before your launch you right build a, a stronger it, brand a stronger business definitely yeah. and also sometimes it can be inaccurate right if i'm telling someone about a product right their feedback to that will be different from when they actually use, use it exactly yeah. using the product yeah. so it's like we've also learned like every three days release a new version yeah we just do updates bug fixes add something that influencers said will help them more yeah um, one one thing, one thing that we also like to always get out there in terms of our message is that, um, especially to influencers and even brands, um, we're not actually we're not an agency. We're actually a, a tool. So basically, Expo is a yeah. tool. So that that will basically help you do what you do, but just better and much um, systemized and organized. Yeah. Um, so I feel like when we used to tell um, or pitch it. People used to think we were an agency or some form of agency that's now on an app. Or, yeah. But when they actually start to use Expert, they realise, oh, this is normally what we'll be doing, but just in a better way. So, um, yeah. Um, before, um, I have a few questions about your product hunt launch and, uh, and more things. But uh, uh, could you ask about revenue so far? So we haven't really talked about the number of influencers you have on board. Mm. Have you managed to get any revenue out of that already and paid customers? I think right now we are focusing on import. It's a marketplace, right? So you have the whole chicken and egg thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So the thing where we focus on is the supply side first, mm-hmm. which is the influencers. And onboarding, uh, them. onboarding them at the moment. So right now we have um, over 100 influencers. Since we've launched, we actually tripled our user base um, in terms of influencers and even brands. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, we have the same amount of brands as we do influencers. Um, and what they're looking for is to have a you know, wider mm-hmm. variety yeah. when it comes to per category. So 100 influencers sounds like a lot, but then if it's like, okay, cool. You know, beauty influencers, then it may decrease down to 20, for example. Mm. So they want to like a big variety. <clears throat> um, we have gained some revenue from transactions here and there, 
um, but we haven't focused on getting the brands on board as more influencers first. You you started this business when you were at the uni, yeah. so you were, you were still students. Mm. Um, did you receive any support from the university maybe, or how did you manage to balance being a student as well as building a business, and for you also building mm. your own brand? Yeah. How did you manage to do all that? Um, we could talk about your one first. Um, we've, no, we, we never actually looked at um, university helping us. Yeah, literally yeah. Just okay. Um, kind of did everything ourselves at the time as well. I was um, just starting off my events company, my events business. Um, obviously, also studying third year and doing uh, expo. So it was just busy. I feel like, like at that point, we were just very tunnel visioned. So we were just doing everything. And again, the fact that we, we didn't know how to start, but we wanted to start, um, we were just driving ourselves. So we never actually looked for support where we could have. I think looking back now, we probably. Should have maybe yeah, but um, it probably would have taken a bit uh, of pressure off yeah. our own backs. But um, at that point, we were just very uh, driven, two driven guys. Uh, to be honest, yeah, I think yeah, you're right in terms. Of it would have taken the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Would, would that be good or bad? Mm. The pressure we had um, put on ourselves made us, you know, actually do things. You know, next week let's do this. Let's complete this mm. at this time. My I was working at Barclays at the time, so I was doing my. Um, like uh, internship or year placement year okay. basically um, at the time um, so for me uh, I remember actually I randomly tweeted Barclays like I've, I've even emailed Zuckerberg before you never know yeah, a lot of opportunities I've got is just because I've just reached out or I've challenged someone exactly. to something mm-hmm. and it's just like the worst they can say is no since you both um had businesses on the side mm. while being a student is this something you would recommend to students to start their own business on the mm. side or i see maybe not I don't, I don't, for your mental state i don't think so okay um but it depends on how strong you are in terms of uh, your mental state and um, how driven you are or in terms of what you're doing what you believe you're doing if you 100 believe in what you're doing 100 mm-hmm. go for it and just take that risk, but you also have to remember uh, what you're doing it for at the end of the day. Some people are just um, going fast nowhere, if that makes sense. Mm. So, um, yeah, just literally sit down, make sure that, that the business plan makes sense. A lot of people don't really have a business plan or business idea. Uh, there's, there's actually a very big difference. Yeah. Um, because in terms of execution as well and planning and organising, um, it, it requires a lot. So... Um, I say yes or no. So mm-hmm. yes, if you know that you're, you're that driven and you believe in what you're doing 100%. And no, if you don't really know why you're doing it, but you just know you want to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'll definitely um, agree with that. It can take a, a huge strain on your mental state. Um, also, I feel like right now, especially our generation, let's say, it's like a lot of people want to be founders because they want to be seen as founders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily for their product at all. Um, the advice I would give is um, don't get feedback from your best friends because they'll always tell you your product's good right um, try and get actually something physical don't keep saying in your head so at first I have a booklet of what it, I mean, how Expo looked mm, with, my craft, with my crafty drawing to how it is now right <laughs> so just writing things down actually and asking your target audience so of course but do it because you want to solve a problem, not because you want people to, to see, see you. Yeah, see you, <laughs> see you looking, looking busy instead of actually being busy. Exactly. That's that's definitely, uh, yeah. But I always say, 
you know, when you're in uni and stuff, this is the time where you have the least responsibilities, right? So this is the time where you should try things mm-hmm. out and exactly. see how things go. Yeah, any place, any event or anywhere online where people can find you? So uh, for Expo itself, um, on our Instagram, it's just Expo, Expo App, App. So X-P-O-A-P-P. Um, same thing for Twitter, but just the underscore separates the Expo and mm-hmm. the App. Um, for me personally, mine is lots L-O-T-T-S, Expo, X-P-O, and that's for all... Um, so yeah, social media, social media yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I was literally just um, my name Tommy um, Ayola A-I-Y-E-O L-A in one um, on Instagram but everything else is extra app. huge thanks to Lotana and Tommy for joining me on the stream today and thanks to all of you for listening to Entrepreneurs Playing Games podcast edition for my part you can find me on Twitter at AmandineFlax And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash amandinflax for the full video of our discussion and much more. Also, if you want to join the live stream and ask your own question to our next guest, Entrepreneurs Playing Games is taking place every two weeks on Saturday mornings. So keep an eye on our social media and I hope to see you there very soon.